Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and today we have a full boat on tap for you today because I have Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Hey, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure to have both of you on Behind the Pen, especially Dave. It's great to have you. Ricky, not so much. Yeah, I was here last Say, Ricky's like a permanent attachment right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why he keeps coming back. Why? Uh, whatever. No, I live here now. Right. He, he, I live he does in live studio. in the station. We have a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to speed through the necessary things that I have to get through and stuff. So Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Become us one. love us. Exactly. Donate. We appreciate your time. We will entertain you more so than we already do. Twitter, at Most Available Pod. Sean Anderson does a great job of running it. Gets all of our stuff up to date, so stay tuned to that. Most importantly, YouTube. Most Available Podcast. Subscribe to our channel. We're doing our best to entertain you. And today, what do we have on tap? Well, of course, Chicago Bears football, because... It's behind the pen. We don't. Stop, Bears. We, we don't talk about anything other than Bears football. I see. I see Dave just shaking his head right now because I feel you, man. It's been it's rough. Ha- it is not an easy season to be a Bears fan. Oh, uh, it's really, honestly, it really isn't ever. But this year specifically, really two. Thank you guys for asking. By the way, two and zero feels great. Anyway, uh, uh, moving right along. Knee feeling. I'm, I'm, I got to stretch out my knee a little bit oh, over here. All, all I hear is two and zero. Where's your blind side? All I hear is two and zero. Blindside? Mm-hmm. It's all right. Two and zero. King of the North. Hey, I can't. I have no room to talk. Just exactly. call me John Snow. I'm gonna freaking kick you off this podcast in three <laughs> seconds. What else we got to talk about? I'm glad you asked, Mike Rankin, because we have the Cleveland Indians, and a lot of stuff went down with them. We're gonna get into everything, as well as the National League Wild Card situation. As of September 22nd, each team has the same record within the National League Wild Card standing. So. It's going to come down to the last weekend of the regular season, most likely, so I'm looking forward to that. We're going to dive into everything. Also, we have a very special segment, because Ricky Widmer, before the podcast, brought up this idea of Kevin Garnett possibly being bought out by the by the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Thank you. And you know what? He would be eligible to be in the Hall of Fame in 2020, so we're going to have this argument is the potential class of Kobe, Duncan, KG better than Jordan Stockton and Robinson. So stay tuned for it all. On blogtalkradio.com, but let's get into our first segment with the Chicago Bears. And they are just coming off of an embarrassing loss, Dave, on Monday Night Football in front of everyone. Prime time. You know, the Bears always live up on prime time. It makes me sick to my stomach, and I am I would love to have a conversation where we don't base it solely on Jay Culler's performance, because honestly, Jay Culler is not the main reason why whoa, this team whoa, is whoa, bad. Whoa. You, you're going out there on a limb and going against... All of the media in the world right. saying that Jay right. Cutler is the problem. Yes, yes. Oh, it's crazy to think that I'm thinking logically here and that the Chicago Bears are are a bad team because of bad drafting, um, terrible decisions made within the ownership group in, in terms of hiring GMs, head coaches. All of it comes into play. And Dave, going into this season, did you have any optimism? Because I did. I, I've been saying it over and over again that they're going to be 10-6 and six and winning the NFC North. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, winning a wild card spot. But, I was sort of the guy laughing at you because yeah. I figured this no, is a five, six win team. Fair enough. I was the guy that said we'd have three NFC North teams in the playoffs. 
but the Lions are still proving me right because they're going to take the best spot. <laughs> look, look, a couple years ago, me and Mark were super high on the Bears, Super Bowl, Super Bears. But uh, well, I think Mark, I learned my lesson I of blame, disappointment at that I point. I blame, and I hope he's listening no more bold to this. Predictions. I blame Mark Weber. And the reason why I blame Mark Weber for me even putting the Bears in the playoffs is he's like, oh, you, you know what they do? Uh, John Fox team, second year. You know what they do? Super Bowl. Well, I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I did think the Bears could make a stride to get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I had a lot of optimism going into this season because of the upgrades they made within specifically their front seven. And so far, we have seen nothing from them other than Jarrell Freeman making every single tackle because they can't stop. They can't get into the backfield. Their defensive line, Akeem Hicks, we've seen nothing from him. Leonard Floyd is very much struggling in his first two NFL games, and it's and it's hard. And this goes into this conversation as well. We're talking about Ryan Pace and John Fox, year two of both of this regi- uh, regime. And let's not forget, Tressman Emery, right? That was two years, and they were done. And rightfully so, because Emery was an idiot. Yep. Tressman should not have been a head coach anywhere other than in Canada. Probably true. And they passed on Bruce Arians. Imagine if they were able yeah. to make the right decision that because of home Phil, hard. Uh, Phil Emery was a three-year GM. But I mentioned this to I Mark the last time he was on the onside kick, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty. But how bad do you think the Bears are kicking themselves? Like, oh, we didn't get Bruce Arians. That was well. The problem was the choice to loyalty make. to their staff. Bruce Arians. Right. The the whole caveat with him why the Bears passed was that he was going to bring in his guys, which. You know, as I, I, as a guy who, with his background, at the time it was sort of questionable because, you know, yes, he's good, but you have to wonder, like, I don't know if I really trust him to go full reins on this franchise, but it is paid off in spades, and you're right, 2020, it's like, holy shit. But even at the time, it was like, I still would I still would have rather gone with him. Oh, of course, that was so. the right choice. Actually, it was Emery who asked their current defense. I think he was either defensive coordinator at the time or defensive line coach. Was Rod Marinelli. He asked him specifically, "Okay, interview all of the candidates and grade them for me and, and get back to me." Yep. Marinelli said far and away that Arians was the guy to hire by yeah. far. And then you take like ten ten rungs of the ladder down, and it's the number two option. And literally below the earth is Mark Trestman. <laughs> and what happens? Phil Emery is so in love with this guy. They speak the same language, and they they decided to go this. And it set back this franchise even further because we saw well, under under Trustman for two seasons, they there, had the there worst was optimism. defense ever. And But uh, there was optimism, though. <laughs> and the only reason there was optimism was the big thing. And I remember talking about this on the onside kick when Trestman was hired. Mm-hmm. What's the one phrase that was always used? Oh, dude, quarterback he's whisper. a quarterback whisperer. He's going to work yep. with Jay. That was it. How did that work? Yeah, How did that work because out? Because he couldn't, he couldn't manage a locker room. Yeah. He, he was a pushover as a coach. And, again, Jay needed a strong guy behind him. And we saw that when Jay peaked and he had the right guy. But we let him walk. You know, money's money. You know, we understand at the end of the last year, you did a good job, but go, go get your paycheck somewhere else, mm-hmm. which was just – Outright insulting. That's a very good point because we know that Jay Cutler's the type of quarterback who can't work with specific people. We saw it with Mike Martz. Oh, my God, that was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Mike seven Tice step, as well. Nine-step drop. Uh, Jesus with no Christ. offensive line, he was getting sacked seven times in the Ugh. first half, and they still—it uh, was ridiculous. But, yeah, he had a great relationship with Adam Gase. But at the same time, going into that season, the Chicago Bears already knew. And as we 
progress into this conversation. This is already when the Bears moved past Trestman and Emery. They decided to bring in a young GM in Ryan Pace. They decided to hire John Fox, a guy who's good at rebuilding organizations, who knows what it takes to take a terrible team and make them competitive again. And going into that season with Adam Gaze last year, they assumed he was going to walk away after working yeah, with the Bears. We were pretty happy with ourselves for getting Adam Gaze because we're like, we got a steal. This guy's fantastic. And you know what? He turned it up for us, and our offense was moving the ball. It was pretty fluid, and I feel like there should have been just way more effort to keep him here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it, ta- they were what in a it tough would have taken, but... In gen- and I was having this conversation with Brandon and Sean actually earlier today when they were recording our NFL previews for this week. It's a theme of the Bears that I've seen where, and I kind of see this as a problem of, you see it with... Brandon Marshall, but with him it was a trade. But you see it with Matt Forte. You see it with Adam Geis, where it's basically, uh, we don't want to either negotiate to get keep you here, or we don't want to give you your money, so go earn it somewhere well, else. each situation is different. I know, every granted. situation no, no, no. is different. They, but I there mean, are reasons to justify each move, and I quite honestly, I agree with the Brandon Marshall uh, d- decision. I agreed with the Matt Forte decision. I, agree, I was okay with Adam Geis leaving because I felt like, Dowell Loggins was wow. they, they, they But eventually, I, I I was okay with it because I understood that Gase was going to get a head coaching job elsewhere. But eventually, it comes down to for me, and this is me looking as an outsider in, not being a Bears fan. If I was a Bears fan, I'd look at it like, are we going to fight to keep anybody, or is it basically I want you can leave when you want? Well, it's John Fox taking over the roster. That's what happened. We let talent walk, and talent is producing elsewhere in spades, and it's it hurts me every time. The, watching the Jets play, I'm like, there's Brandon Marshall making another ridiculous catch. There's Brandon Marshall doing this. And there's Jeffrey Matt Forte could, renewing himself. I know you guys don't want to hear right now, and I'm just, I'm not saying this to be a low blow kicking you when you're down. Alshon Jeffrey could be another one that you see playing somewhere yeah, absolutely. else. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's it's the honest truth. And the Bears the Bears have made it clear time and time again. They're not willing to pay top talent. Well, look at how they've treated Alshon. I know Alshon's not perfect. Oh, Alshon look, needs to earn that far contract. From perfect. But look at how like even the Bears have treated Alshon through the process so far. What do you mean? He hasn't like, earned anything. Yeah, it's he's one, been hurt. It's one of those he things hasn't where he stepped up and played a full season and been a dominant wide receiver. One, I still we're think, not paying him wide receiver one money. I still think it's one of those things where you got to realize what you have though. And I know oh, he, he hasn't. We, I think they understand the he type hasn't, of talent like, he is. Yeah, he hasn't produced. But and this is something I want. I want to get into later when we bring up Brian Pace because I have kind of some bitching to do to Bears fans that are throwing him under the bus. It. I look at Kevin White and I see, do you really want that to be your number one wide receiver right now? Because it looks yeah. like he can't run a route. He can't even play the slot. He can't no. run a route. He can't run a route. So, but we knew that coming out. So basically, look where he went to college. So basically, Eddie Royal, good point. He went to West Virginia where they just, you, you, you can run straight down the field, right? Yeah, I, I was like, going to say. Tavon ta- Austin. Yeah, from Not the only Tavon Austin, mm-hmm. just a list of wide receivers who athletically gifted mm-hmm. freaks of nature, but they can't actually play the wide receiver position, unfortunately. There was a lot that goes into this Bears conversation, and Kevin White, honestly, so far is underwhelmed. And there's really not much confidence developed within the coaching staff and Kevin White, but as we move forward into this Bears conversation, you brought up Ryan Pace. I want to talk mm-hmm. about Ryan Pace real quick. Look, this is his second year in this regime, and really, is it him making all of the calls? No. I'll tell you that flat out right now. It's John Fox. John Fox has totally revamped this team. We already talked about it. We talked about Brandon Marshall leaving. We talked about Matt Forte leaving. We talked about Martellus leaving. But the thing that's most important with Ryan Pace, and it kind of upset me today because 
I it's one of those things where you see it on your Facebook feed and you you're like, okay, I know this is one fan bitching about it, and it was like a get him out of town, and we're not good. And you know, like, oh, that's one Wait, person. But you what? also realize, I saw a post today that they wanted to fire Ryan Pace. Yes. What? That it's his fault. Then we're going to be the Cleveland that it's Browns. it's his fault. Yeah. And you want to know what I want to say to that? Not just this draft class, which I thought, I mean, we all thought was really good. I liked it a lot. Look at last year. You look at, I, I know Kevin White. Five probably, players are, are playing on this roster yeah, right now. Kevin White, he's not performing, but he's playing. Eddie Goldman, playing. Gersu was supposed to be your starting right. center hurt. before he got hurt. Jeremy Langford, your starting right. running back. Unfortunately. Amos, he's a starter. Yep. That's five yep. players yep. In, out of your six that are starting. Right. And you hit on, and Amos and Langford, fourth and fifth rounders. And we're talking about this draft this year as well. There's a lot of players coming out and, and getting time on the field, and we're seeing that they can play. Oh, yeah. Floyd, the, Really hair. the question, the conversation we have to have is, okay, Ryan Pace's last two draft picks in, uh, in the first round, they were high draft picks. Seven and, and ten or nine, I believe. But they traded up. They traded up. They, traded up up. they were 11. at 11 and they traded up <laughs> to get their guy that they wanted, Vic Fangio's guy. Maybe it wasn't necessarily Ryan Pace who wanted to draft Leonard Floyd, but he put his faith in John Fox and, and Fangio and the way they're trying to develop this roster. Yeah. And look, to be quite honest, these guys are wait-and-see projects. Yeah, I mean, we knew coming in that Floyd needed a lot of growth in our system because it is a system change he is playing a different role than undersized and he's undersized and that's one of the big things he got off in college based off of his athleticism speed spark right off the uh get-go like that's what made him a special guy in the nfl you're not gonna have that leg up on guys necessarily they're gonna be usually bigger than you by quite a bit now and some of them have a really good kick step and you're not gonna be able to get around the edge that quickly on them so look I, I see the potential in him, but he doesn't have the impact of a top 10 pick yet. I, I, I mean, we watched a lot of these guys already in two games prove that, yeah, that was that was a good pick. That was right. worth it right there. Right. I, I can't say that about him. So as we continue this conversation, we're coming to an end of it. We're not going to keep you all day with it because bashing the Bears is easy at this point. But Can I, want, I, can please, I throw out one last thing? Yeah. And I want to ask you guys this because I know I've thrown this out in our text message group that we have. How much time do you give John Fox as That's head coach of the okay. Bears? I actually was about to bring that up. Thank you for segueing it perfectly. How, how much time do you give him? Because right now he's on my on the computer, I'm looking at guys that you could look at for head coach next year. No, not saying, I'm not saying fire him this year, but I'm saying there are some pretty good candidates out there. No, that's absolutely true, and you can't give John Fox a pass here. But, again, it's only two games. He's had six, uh, what, 18 games under his belt as a Chicago Bear. But if, the, if this trend of really uh, – Lack of consistency and, and these performances keep on happening. John Fox will not be here next year. And I know a lot of these players, he's a player's coach. They they love him. He gives the media nothing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the media. He doesn't care about the fan. Which I'm fine with if right. they actually produce. Right, but they're not but they're producing. Not. Yeah. And they're not. it doesn't look like they're playing. Can well. I throw a name out there? And this might not be a sexy name, but it might be a name. And this is one where I'm kind of saying go back to your roots a little bit. Sean McDermott. And the reason why I'm saying that is who's who's his coaching tree right now? Who's his head coach that he's under in Carolina? Ron Rivera. Ron former, Rivera. Former Bear. Go back, go back to your roots. Defensive coach under the Rivera tree, who you did have as a defensive coordinator before he went to Carolina. There's going to be plenty of speculation of you whether— You can get Rex Ryan. Of whatever— I, oh, You can get Rex Ryan. I, I imagine. Don't. 
but you could. <laughs> and Dave, you pointed to Jimmy Schwartz on my on my computer screen. Oh, that was mostly a joke. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, no, bad. may the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be not. with you. Jesus Christ! We no. could be undisciplined and stupid if we want to play for him, but no. I'd say we uh, we just roll the dice. I mean, look, <laughs> uh, I, I honestly think that as a head coach, Fox has done okay. Yeah, right. I think he needs time. He's I, not. A, I he's think not you a have good... to give him this year. And if they if they put up performances like we saw this past week. Fine, run him out of town because I can't watch that shit for right. 14 more weeks. But if they put together five wins and there's a semblance of hope and you see one of, one of the best things in our situation, bad and good at the same time, is the fact that because of all these injuries, we get to see more players, which is great because right now we are a team rebuilding. We have to admit yeah. that this was not a retooling year. This right. was a rebuild. It's not right. the White Sox. <laughs> or the Bulls. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speaking of uh, retooling, look, <laughs> rebuilding. We got to come to the conclusion and whatever your stance is on the quarterback situation in Chicago. Me personally, I don't think Jay Cutler's as bad as you guys think. I just think he's a victim of an an awfully run franchise who can't give him the right personnel. But we're not going to have that conversation. But I think it is the beginning of the end of Jay Cutler's tenure here in Chicago. Can I throw one thing out about Jay Cutler? You're going to anyway. Who, who's the one quarterback right now in the NFL that plays in the same division as Jay? Wow. When we come hmm. wait, when we come to like when people start talking about tiering quarterbacks, who do we Stafford. say bingo? That is a replica of Cutler. Cutler's biggest problem, he plays in Chicago. It's bad. Because you look at Stafford, yeah, he's got the talent. Yeah, you can say, Oh, well, he had Megatron, it's easy. Yeah, he hasn't won anything. But do we say Stafford's a bad quarterback? No, because he's in Detroit. Cutler dying in Detroit when Cutler has one of what were the third biggest media market Correct. in the United States. A Cutler conversation will be had, but not right now. But I would like to throw this Check out, out the there. onside kicks uh, Cutler conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, unfortunately, I those I fans will lose out on uh, Rank Daddy and myself's I, opinion. I, I don't endorse that conversation. I wasn't there for it. If I was, I'd probably get really heated. Well, I was so especially I'm especially it. well with you there. I would have been heated. But all right, final final topic as we wrap up this Bears conversation. I just want to talk about. You know, look. If this Bears team goes three and thirteen, four and four and twelve, five and eleven, and they have, I a, they have if a, I was a Bears fan, I wouldn't be mad. At they that. have a top five draft pick this season. You look at the quarterbacks available, and I think now's the time to either draft high or draft a uh, draft quarterback high or draft a quarterback. Period. Because the last two, I don't think drafts, you have to draft one high though. Well, yeah, because there's so many uh, positions of need. But if there's a chance of getting like a Deshaun Kaiser. Sean Watson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out, and this could all change with how players rise and fall off the board, but there's one quarterback that I think— Yeah, there's tons of times. There's one man. He's going, he's going to, <laughs> to be one of them all. He's going to be one of those quarterbacks where it's like, wow, he's a really good quarterback, but he's no one's looking for him in the first round, and that's Chad Kelly, especially— He's a if, color replica. Especially if Ooh. his um, <laughs> rebel team— Loses some more games. I wouldn't say he's a Cutler replica. Oh, the power arm is similar. But I think what the Bears can do, let's say you go 3-13 and 13, like you said. You get a top pick. No, I hope not. I'm telling God. you, if Leonard Fournette falls to your lap, you take him and then take a quarterback yeah, in the second round. Yeah, see, that's round. A, another thing. Uh, draft conversations, that's gonna j- it's going to be varying. Um, yeah. Th- especially, like, what, we're three weeks into the college mm-hmm. football season, four, entering week, week four, four. Entering week, week four. four. So, you know, there's going to be lots of different players on the, on the board. So I'm going to... Hold off on draft talk until and maybe I know like, Bears fans are probably like, you know what you're talking about? We have Jeremy Langford. Yeah, I would take Fournette over Langford. I'm sorry. Well, whatever. Whatever. That's your opinion. But 
as we look at the current situation in the state of the Bears, other options besides drafting a quarterback like Kaiser Watson, even, what is it, Kaya? Kaya? Kaya. From Miami. Kaya. Um, there's Jimmy Garoppolo that you could possibly work out a trade for, but I doubt because the Patriots... He's going to stay in New He's England. got a pretty good situation right, over there. Right. Or Kirk Cousins, who the Washington Redskins are not very happy with. I don't like with. that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I'm you not, don't like that? I don't, I don't know. like that at all. I don't know, man. I think you just go even further backwards if you decide with Kirk Cousins. But I mean, again, Kirk Cousins would be, would be great if you were in a situation where you could plug in a quarterback and win games. True. We are not there. Right. There's too much lack of uh, We talent. need to fill so many yeah. positions. Uh, I mean, we have no tackles. Right. We, have, None. we don't have a tackle. None. Okay. All right. Well, that so was our, that we was, need a quarterback. That, that, that's we what we're gonna alive. we're gonna stick with uh, the Bears. We didn't even preview the Dallas Cowboys matchup this you, Sunday night because there's no point. There's only one question you got to ask about with that game. You like Dak? Oh God! You like Dak? <laughs> and that's another thing. The I Bears hate Dak. had a, the Bears had a chance to draft him, and yet they they chose three different players in the fourth round well, instead. And here's the thing with drafting a quarterback, though: if you drafted a guy like Dak or uh, like any quarterback, they're gonna try and run high, cover out of town immediately. No, 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 no. That quarterback isn't. But all the fans would. Right, that's what I meant. It's like, as soon as Cutler makes that first interception, we're having an Orton Tebow, Tebow situation. All right, Chicago Bears talk. It's a lot of fun. Moving on to (laughs) even more fun topics. And honestly, this is is one of the most exciting finishes in Major League Baseball in history. You like that segue? I guess it was okay. And we have had some more fans. Been better, but... We have had some more fans commenting on Behind the Pens oh, saying they want do. the baseball talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to bring it to you at today's show. We had to get rid of the Bears talk right away. It's just one of those things. But, hey, the Cleveland Indians, guys, the Cleveland Indians entering this season, really, for me, I wasn't necessarily taking them as seriously as maybe I should have. They're mm-hmm. your AL team, though. I Oh, yeah. They're my, yeah. They're my favorite AL team. Uh, probably because I love paint. They haven't won in 64 years, <laughs> I think it is. So, hey, it's one of those things. But... With the Cleveland Indians, I guess I was more buying into the fact that the Royals were going to be good again, right? And they'd have to go through Kansas City, mm-hmm. and you had Detroit making all these moves with their with their lineup. Well, and you thought the White Sox were going to be competitive. And even so, the White yeah. Sox would have been in the mix. I didn't think they would be legit contenders Until in the Until they lost to the Rangers. Uh, well, we don't yeah. This isn't This isn't White Sox talk. Yeah. <laughs> they're bad. They're They're bad. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not a White Sox fan. I mean, it sucks being a Bears fan. But I like how you're just looking at me over here. <laughs> just daggers. I'm not, I'm not here. Hey, no you comment. have to look up at the Cleveland Indians right now who are at the top of the division. I do. They're, I love watching them play. 89 wins. They are closing in on the magic number of, I believe it is four. If they win tonight, it looks like they have. So they are ready to clinch. But some problems lie within their starting rotation. Danny yeah. Salazar and Carlos Carrasco are both hurt. And that hurts because Carrasco arguably was their best pitcher, and as Salazar may have been their second best pitcher behind the Klubot, Corey Kluber. Yep. And Carlos Carrasco, he's out for the year. But Danny Salazar, on the other hand, he has a chance to possibly come back in a limited role uh, once the playoffs start. But are you guys taking Cleveland Indians seriously uh, throughout uh, October? I still want to have hope, but I don't think they're my favorite anymore. With with the one-two punch gone... And pitching, yeah, it's look, hard to overcome. I'm sorry. I, I love watching Lindor. He's one of the best players in the league. To, one of the best young players to watch. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that I don't think they can go back and forth and win a series because your pitching now is just shot. You're like they've got decent relief even, but you're mm-hmm. gonna stretch that out over three, four games. They've been relying on their bullpen a lot. I in know. September, a lot. That's that's my fear. That's my fear. I don't. I don't think they could make it through. A couple rounds at of the that. same time, though, you look at 
really their starting rotation has carried them throughout the season. Their offense has, has done enough to win games, but right. obviously the story is their rotation. Absolutely. They have on besides it's it's really unbelievable what the Indians have developed in their rotation. Trevor Bauer, Josh Tylen, Mike Clevenger, all these guys have been there and have contributed to the point where, wow, this team is a legit contender. And with Trevor Bauer, he started in the bullpen. A lot of people were trying to get him in the rotation to begin the season. I still believe that this Indians team can make some noise. I think that, like, I'm kind of half and half. And the reason why I'm saying that is maybe they can make some noise to win an ALDS series, maybe win a best-of-five series, but there's no way you're winning a best-of-seven series, especially if you got to go up against either the Rangers or the Red Sox right Boston. now. Got to go with the Wilbon, the Sox, the Red Sox. But we saw it last year. We see it every year, whether it's the Giants with Mad Bum out there, whether it's last year's Mets team with Thor, Harvey, Mets, and Honestly, DeGrom. That's team went healthy reminded me of. Yeah. They, and, this was like, the, was like the Mets of last year. Whether it it's Arietta out there in the wild card game just pitching his fucking brains out. Yep. It's one of those things where if you want to succeed in the playoffs, you need pitching. Right. You need starters. You need bullpen. Right. You, need, you need them all. Yep. And mm-hmm. you need you need to rely on your your ace, and that that's Kluber. Uh, but another conversation I kind of want to get into as well is really the strides this team has made with all of the injuries that they had within their lineup, not only their rotation. I know they acquired Andrew Miller, which was a huge move. Mm-hmm. That was oh, a bullpen. Zach McAllister, Travis Shaw, those guys are, are – and Cody Allen – those those that gives you hope uh, within the rotation in the bullpen to succeed. But this this lineup they lost Michael Brantley for the year, right? They lost Abraham Amante, young center fielder, speedster for eighty games due to PED use. They lost Marlon Byrd, their starting right fielder for one hundred sixty two games. He's probably done if he co- decides to come back. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. Marlon Byrd. But it's just they they rely on guys like Tyler Naquin, who's come on and had a very impressive rookie season, and uh, as well as Lonnie Chisenhall stepping in. Uh, I. I'm a I'm a big fan, and you mentioned it too, Dave. Francisco Lindor could arguably be the best shortstop in the American League. Well, you just love Lindor. I love you Lindor. love Lindor. He is so good. <laughs> he is so freaking good. I love watching him play. Can I make one change to what I said after uh, taking a little bit of a deeper look? Sure. The only way they lose in the ALDS with their current situation if they play the Red Sox, which right now, if the playoffs started the tomorrow. Sports. They're playing Red Sox. You, are you are you LDS. are you saying that because the Red Sox lineup is dangerous? Or? I think the the Red Sox this year, and it's more of when, and this is going to sound crazy, but it's kind of like when you get to that postseason and you just get that postseason magic. Get that feel. This team, this team could make a series run, and I'm kind of feeling a Cubs Sox World. Yeah, the series. Red Sox are the favorites to get to the World Series based on percentages. So they're even ranked higher than the Cubs. But, I mean, that's AL and NL. They may still. have an easier path, yeah. But. However, they are really, like, the good thing for the Indians, they're only, what, right now a half game behind Texas for that number one seed. They got to get they that. They keep winning. They have to get that, though, so they can have a chance to play either, right now it'd be Toronto or the Toygers. Mm-hmm. That didn't really work. Toygers <laughs> or Toyger. Do, the Does Tigers. Detroit have any uh, accent that's different? Tigers? No, it's no. Detroit accent. I don't know how a Detroit it, accent sounds. Not quite sure. Oh, we got to go there. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want to. Only no. been once. I don't want to go to Detroit. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, no thanks. We can go to Fort Field, guys. No, thank you. Not one of, well, Fort Field's kind of nice. When the, bear, is, when actually, the Bears yeah. play, we can go see, or we can see Lions-Vikings. 
Oh, you know what I saw by the way? If we're the, the, your your Vikings mm-hmm. little thing, the the clap that the, what yeah, they the do. Yeah, the Viking clap. Okay, we're not talking football here. This is baseball talk. Doesn't isn't it like is it Norway oh, it's linked, that does it's it? It's linked with some soccer club yeah. or something. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh huh. I think it's Norway, or yeah, Norway. Sorry, Indians fans. Yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> we love you still. <laughs> I want to say one thing before we move on to our next topic, which will be the NL wild card mm-hmm. race. Um, I love Mike Napoli. I love that guy. Party at Napoli. This guy is unbelievable. Party at Napoli. Party at Napoli. He, he's having such a resurgent year with the Indians. It seemed like he stepped in and he's been so clutch. He's been hitting so many home runs. And you know what's funny, too? I saw on Twitter, actually, as soon as Carrasco and Salazar went down, it mm-hmm. was one of the Indians beat writers who said, who wrote a story about, oh, the Indians' playoff hopes are done. They're just, you know, throw them, throw them out the window. And... All of the Indians uh, players started responding on Twitter, and they were saying, all right, um, don't cover us for the rest of the season. We don't want to see you in the press box. It's, it's really cool. It's actually, I think it's on Bleacher Report, so check that out. That's the one thing, though. If you were a beat writer for the team. Got to be careful. Can you necessarily, like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, everyone's got freedom of speech, but do you necessarily post a story like that because you are around well, those players twenty four seven? It's one of those things like you're just writing them off immediately. Mm-hmm. It's like that's uh, insulting. Maybe, maybe it's easy way out so that way anything above that expectation you mm-hmm. can be happy about. Okay, well you could look at it that way, but I think this beat writer was just totally done on the Indians, and they were like, "Nope, nope, we're still here. We're still the Windians." That's what they were saying. There you go, Windians. Yeah. What a season by Cleveland. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm looking Factory forward to Factory sadness. <laughs> Imagine, dude. How about them Browns? <laughs> God, say, yeah, they, they, literally LeBron like sold off yeah. the season for the Browns and uh-huh. the Indians. Yep. Like, I need this. I need to win more than you do. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Indians fans. I hope you're enjoying the season. On to the NL wildcard talk because this conversation, honestly, it's insane I'm right hoping, now. There's I'm some hoping, wild shit going on. I'm hoping we get a three-way tie at the end. You know what? I want it. Uh, That's just because you're greedy. (laughs) Let me ask you guys this. I want two wildcard games. Before we get into this conversation, do you like the setup of the current NL wildcard? Yes. You do? Yes. I I do. I enjoy it. Yeah, because honestly, I've I've said this before, but I look at it and you justify getting into the NLDS by winning one game in a a winner-take-all. I like it, though. It adds that. To the wildcard, it kind of adds that thing where it's like before... When we only had the one team, there were some teams where it's like, wow, this division is just stacked. So, of course, your second team is blowing away the wild cards and easily won it. I love the atmosphere of it's basically saying, hey, let's take the top two teams in the wild card. Let's just have a game seven. Let's just have a game seven. Throw out your aces. Who's better? Or in some teams, if you're stacked enough, you know what? I want to throw out my two so that my ace can pitch. At the first of the win because I'm so confident. Because you're so cocky. I'm just waiting for the day that a second place team has like 95 wins and the other wild card team has like 85 or something like that. And the team that has 85 wins ends up beating the 90 win team. You know, it's just like they they earned that right there. It's one of those things. Now, do we know because it's never happened? 162 game season. Do we know? One game is crazy. Do we know what happens if the Cardinals, Mets, and Giants all finish tied? So. Okay. Do they, we have two wild card games then? Where like two play one and then the winner plays the other? I think I think it goes something like that based on tiebreakers. Actually, uh, throughout the season, I'm not. That's that's a good question because it's actually insane that I'm even looking. I know you want to spend most of the segment on the NL, but I want to the AL too. Well, that's even insane because it's more in. It's more like defined. Toronto's in first. 
but then the Tigers and Orioles could finish tied. They play a playoff or yeah, play in game just to get into the wild card game. Imagine. So you got to play two Detroit's do not or die yet games just to get into the DS. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And that's what that's what um Commissioner uh Wow, Manfred. Manfred, yeah, that's I what love wanted. it though. I love it though because adding it, it adds competition, and plus it's like if you even look at the division standings, like it's giving us something to talk about because you look at them: <laughs> yeah. seven and a half lead for Cleveland, eight and a half for the Rangers, yeah, nine for and the Mets, the seventeen for the Cubs. Right, like nobody's oh talking. Oh my gosh, seventeen. Nobody yeah, is talking ridiculous. divisional races at this point. We are all talking wild. And card. that's what the wild card does. It introduces the option for teams to be in it, whether you know in the past they could have not been. So yeah, absolutely. And that and that's in that glimmer of hope. In that sense. But all right, let's 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 break these teams down. The Mets. All right, what the hell? How are the Mets still alive? Honestly, they lose Mats. He's going to be back soon. The Braves are trying to write him off. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah the Braves are working are saying, on it. Double not so it fast. Swept taking them. it over the it wall. They swept him. And um, they're relying on guys like Seth Lugo, uh, Robert Jesselman, you know, Gabriel Yunoa. But, but Mats will be back. But they have Harvey out for the year. And DeGrom just recently has been out for the year. We had a podcast, Ricky, where we were saying, oh, I'm worried mm-hmm. about Senior Garden DeGrom. And now DeGrom's out. I'm still worried about the Mets. Really? It's just demons from last year. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think you got anything to be worried about this year with the Mets. Just demons from last really, year. Really, it's the team, before we move on to the Mets, or I'm sorry, to this team, I just want to throw this out there that the Giants scare the hell out of me in the NLDS. But regardless, guys, the Mets, a, a player like Estrubal Cabrera is having a career year. He's one of the reasons why they're still... Involved, they yeah, picked absolutely. up. They picked up Jay Bruce, mm-hmm. Curtis Granderson's having. Uh, he's just being Curtis Granderson. He's still Curtis Granderson. Give the man some credit. It's one. It's one of those things. And Bartolo Colon's closing in on 200 innings pitched again, and he's 43 years old. Like man, best steroid break ever. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's one of those things. The the New York Mets right now, I believe, I, I they're fielding a B team right now. They're feeling a B team. What does that say about the other two? The Giants have been the mm-hmm. worst. The Giants have baseball been team depressing. since the yeah. second half started, and the Cardinals just find ways to to be relevant still, but at the same time, not seriously considered contenders. So right now, it's up in the air. Ricky, who do you think comes out of the NL? Well, and I'm looking right now at the last like few games, the last three series that these teams have left. I don't know if I could pick a who is going to. I will, but. I, I look at them and go, I want to say, oh, the Giants, because they're playing four games against the Pods, then they get the Rockies and Dodgers at home for two three-game series. I want to completely write off the Padres, but uh, I they could play just, you know, we want to play spoiler know. baseball. And the, But the reason I say that is the Cardinals, they got to go three games at Wrigley. The next three games are at Wrigley. Those aren't going to be fun. Right. The Cubs are on a roll. Mm-hmm. Then you get Cincinnati Cubs and the Pirates. Aren't even playing all their starters anymore, though. They don't even and try to still, win, and, and they we're win. still a good team. I and know. when you get blown out in the last one, yeah, I know you took two of three of them. But when you lose eleven to one going into this road series against the Cubs, but then, like I said, the Reds and the Pirates, you can bounce back. Yeah, the Mets are worrying me though because. You mentioned they just got swept by the Braves, and as of right now of recording this podcast, six to six against the Phillies Ooh. in the ninth. If you can't My even Mets. beat if you can't beat the Phillies, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Dunzo. So I'm gonna go Giants cards. Yeah. I'm making it easy. It's it's Giants. 
I, I just want to see this happen. I know I know they've been terrible for the so second half of the season. you want a Giants World Series because it's 2016. I mm. mean, the year thing is kind of a joke. It's 2016. But it's sort of, it's kind of right. It's a coincidence, but yes. Also but also, at the same time, Gardner, like, dude, come on. Right. Him in the playoffs, him pitching like, and that's, that's a, great a series. Point. Like, and he's going to pitch three games in and the series. And you do know the Cubs would then meet them in the ALDS because we have the best record, yep. and then Mike would be a nervous wreck. Oh, on yeah. Top of me. That's the thing. Like, be- Mike would be more nervous than me just because he's worried about the e- Giants. Entering this season, I've said this. Like, you go back and listen to yeah. me saying this. I said, okay, I expect the Cubs to be the best team in baseball. I expect them to win the World Series this year. But the team that worries me the most is definitely the San Francisco Giants based solely on their rotation and their, the balance they have it's within their pitching. lineup. It's yes. pitching. And they've, like you said, their lineup is balanced. It's not great. It's not like Murder's Row. It's it, shit. It's not even close to the Cubs or the Red Sox. But it gets the job done because you have that pitching to rely on, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm worried about it's in October, just man. Bumgarner, Cueto, Matt Moore, Smarja. You can go four deep in the playoffs. That's pretty solid. But they're not because Bumgarner is a pitch every other night. Sure, sure. And you're going to rely on. He'll go out there and light it up. Well, Cueto too. He left with a groin injury. Oh, so I know that yeah. happened. That actually happened last night. So that's something to keep an eye on. If Cueto's hurt for an extended period of that time, that may change some things. It, it definitely would. It definitely would. But hey, Dave, let me ask you. Said you said Giants coming out of the AL or the NL? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're they're going to win that brawl for all down there. Yeah, I think it'll be. I said it was Giants, Cardinals, Dodgers locked for the playoffs. So I I, I killed the Mets early on. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it with that team. I don't see their lineup being consistent enough. Maybe Steven Matz brings them a boost, but overall, I just don't, I just don't see it with this Mets team. Yeah. So, so I agree with both of you. I think it's Giants-Cardinals. Giants coming out. Cubs-Giants-NLDS. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. All right. That's, that, that'll do it. That'll conclude our baseball talk for today's show. But as we enter and, and segue into this final segment, segue into the segment here on Behind the Pen, we're going to talk about something that really is out of the... Typical conversation that we have mm-hmm. here on Behind we, the We pen. got a Rankins Rankins. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's a thing now. Here we go. It's a thing. Uh, let's uh, Rankin, let's rank the Hall of Fame list. All of them right now. Ricky, go. Kidding. We brought up this conversation. We oh, brought up this I was conversation. About to, I was about to try. He was ready. He was ready. He's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, we're starting at one. It's easy. I'll work my way back. <laughs> so, Ricky, you, you, uh, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that the, the Wolves might buy well, out KG. They're... Right now, it looks like the Wolves are going to buy out KG and with one year left on his contract. And if they buy him out, it looks like KG is just going to retire. He's not going to go and play anywhere else. And today, this morning, as I woke up for work early and couldn't go back to sleep, um, Mike and Mike was on the TV. And they were discussing that, oh, by this chance, we would have a 2020 first inductee Hall of Fame class of Kobe Bryant. Timmy D, and KG. And that kind of sparked the conversation for them. Would this be, like, the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time? Like, just as a trio, not like, oh, this one guy kind of stole the show. And so, who who would be against, like, that that class? To me, they the three that they mentioned that had the most, like, that held the most water was, I'm just going to hit the home run right out of the bat, the 2009 one. Because yep. you had MJ Stockton and then David Robinson, the Admiral. Absolutely. However, the other two that kind of – one of them is I didn't watch this era of basketball, so I couldn't as myself weigh in on it. You had Oscar Robinson, the logo, and then Jerry Lucas. 
And then the other one that they mentioned was the 2008 draft class that, yes, did have Adrian Dantley as your last one, but it also had Ewing and Elijah Wan. Oh, that's hard so to beat. The dream? The 2000, wow. 2008 with Ewing, Dang. Elijah Wan, and then Dantley, but then Jordan Stockton and David Robinson. I mean, true. This, this seems like it comes down to who's the weakest third man between that's Robinson, uh, Lucas, and uh, Dantley. Dantley. And I'm sorry. K- I think KG beats it, and KG what? would be the third. Ooh. What? KG would be the third. Unfortunately for you, and that one <laughs> pairing, you have Michael Jordan. That's a thing. That's a thing. I, I thought we were just talking, though, like, oh, I know. out of the threes. Look, look. Out, out of, of the like, threes? Out of Lucas, Dantley, and No disrespect to those two. I love the Edmo. I would put him and Here, KG in similar standings. I, I'm going men- to mention this, though, because this is what they mentioned on Mike and Mike. With the Admiral, could you make the point? Could you make the point that the first championship he won with Timmy D, it was the Admiral's team. But by the time they won that second championship, was it then Timmy D's team and the Admiral was phasing out from it being my team in San, in, uh, San Antonio? I don't know, man. I think, well, without Tim Duncan, they don't win all their championships. Because well, the first... The first championship with the Admiral was Timmy D was the rookie. Yep. But you got to that second one with him. Timmy D wasn't that rookie anymore, and he was kind of becoming the, hey, this is the kid that's going to take our team to, yeah, what do you win, five more or uh, four more titles? Yeah. Yeah. Him and Kobe alone have five titles together. See. And that might be the ultimate trump card because, like you said, Dave, as yep. we were talking pre-podcast, the thing, the knock against Stockton, it's great that you're the— Don't mean uh, a thing if you ain't got that it's rank. It's great that you're the— a leading assister and the most stereotypical uh, point guard for just what a point guard should be, but you don't have the rings. Good thing Mike's got you covered. <laughs> Mike and the Admiral yeah. got you covered. I say, look, I mean, even just purely stats, David Robinson put up 21, 10 and a half, and two and a half versus Kevin Garnett, excluding his appearances last year, mm-hmm. 17.8, 10, and three and a half. I'm sorry. Uh, he was on better teams consistently throughout his entire career. I just I give the credit to Robinson. Yeah, the man that's a good was point. a staple. He did it quietly and like KG. Look, KG, I had the biggest hype for when he hit uh, the Celtics. Like him and Boston, they had you know the three best player, three of the best players in the league at the time gathered together. Mm-hmm. It was that initial like coming together, yep. and look that that was fantastic to watch, but. Again, you can make that argument. Well, was he really the guy who drove home the championship? He was huge. He was huge for that team. I'm not taking anything away, but I just I, I'm leaning Admiral all the time. Well, I, I'm trying to make a case for him. E- I can't. Not even the hype that you say for his Boston days. How about when he came into the league? One of those guys that he transferred to a high school in Chicago just to play one year in Chicago and then go straight to the NBA. Yep. Where he just fucking had a great. I'm gonna say a great career. And the kind of thing I, what I was thinking about, when you look at the possible 2020 class we have of Kobe, KG, and Timmy D, it's kind of like maybe because I'm the college guy, I looked at it and went, holy shit, this is like the kind of both sides to that one and done conversation that we keep having every single college basketball season. Yep. You have two guys in there that came out of high school, and yes, they were 
You have one that's probably the closest thing. Yeah, I'm going to say it, LeBron fans. Eat it. The closest thing we're ever going to almost get to Michael Jordan because we're never going to get an exact replica to Michael Jordan. But KG was still really good coming out of high school. And then you had a guy like Timmy D who stayed all four years at Wake Forest. At Wake fucking Forest. Man. We're getting old, aren't we? I know. We are getting old. These are guys that we grew up watching mm-hmm. through our youth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, David Robinson started in 89-90 season. I mean, come on. That, that feels bad. But again, <laughs> he started at age 24. Like you said, Kim Garnett came right out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a 19-year-old starting in the league, I mean, he definitely logged more games. Respect for that. But even at highest of highs... Dave Robinson's best season. He averaged twenty nine point eight points a game. So, Dave, are you are you putting them ahead I, of KG? I, look, I have had a, I have had that, but even as far as like the best third man, I still have Dave Robinson better than Kevin Garnett. I respect Kevin Garnett's done it for a long time. He's a great player, but it's just Admiral wins every argument I want to make. <laughs> Everything that makes sense to me, and it's not for everybody. Well, this is just my opinion. It's weird because. The way I'm kind of looking at it, and this is my A, Bulls bias, and B, Michael Jordan is the greatest fucking player yeah. to ever play. It's hard, it's hard to imagine I, yeah. Michael Jordan. I'm going yeah. to sit here and say KG and the Admiral is a tough decision, but I might side with KG. But when we talk in best draft the class, class, fucking Michael Jordan, you win. Yeah, it's Fucking hard, Michael it's, Jordan, you win. Never lost in a finals. Greatest player yep. to ever play the game, you win. Yep, yeah. I think those are Andy, Andy, <laughs> total had, bonus Andy had a guy who not only led the assist leader. Yeah, you can say he didn't win rings in John Stockton. Yep. You want to know why he didn't win the ring? Because the guy he went into the Hall of Fame with won the rings, took him from him. Very true. Yeah, I mean like, John Stockton was like the prototypical point guard. Like, I mean, he just he did everything they needed him to in Utah, and you feel for him because he didn't win that ring. But like he said. Look, there's a reason why. He was so we, up against the best. We had this conversation, and really, we don't even know if it's going to happen because mm-hmm. the Timberwolves Assuming might. Assuming the Timberwolves. Right. I mean, look, KG's probably going to like sign as a coach. There was, it, yeah. He was a player coach effectively last year. So. Right, true, true, true. I'm going to throw this out there, though. So we're all three of us are in agreement that the 2009 draft class would be better than yeah. the 2020. It, it's bad because I love Kobe. But the one thing I want to throw out there is... I know this may sound stupid, but I'm going to throw it out there <laughs> Ricky, anyway. Not going to surprise anybody uh, out here. Ricky saying something stupid. Can what? we can we then make a case for the 2008 class, or does Adrian Dantley totally kill that conversation between 2020 and 2008? Do Ewing and Olajuwon I... hold enough water? Well, you talk uh, about Olajuwon and the stuff he was able to do. I mean, but, he carries enough weight to support. And think. But then Kobe. here's the important but thing Kobe. that you got to think about. Kobe. It's not just the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the basketball Hall of Fame because you can even go. You can even go back and look at Halajuan's time with Thigh Slamma Jamma. That Ugh. that can play into it too when he was at Houston. That wasn't necessarily ne- super stupid. I mean, that was kind of a yeah. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> my my whole thing was the. I'm impressed with your he gold star. Yeah, yeah, I, I was more saying the putting one <laughs> against the other because I kind of in my head want to go. No, you're a fucking idiot. 2020 because of Kobe. Well, you're talking to yourself again, Ricky. Yeah, I we know. Gotta get that's you some what help. I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so lonely sometimes. I guys. feel yeah. I'm with you, man. That's why I don't talk to en- Mike for a living. I don't got enough commenters to talk to, so talk to me in the comments. Section. Oh God, Dave, <laughs> don't, Ricky, don't egg him on. It has been an absolute pleasure. I hope to do this again with you, answer, you Dave, specifically. Did you guys answer oh, yeah. the question, though? 2020 or 2008? I got 2020. I thought we, we established... Well, 
the it's, 20, it's 2009, 2009 class beats 2020. Yeah, but, and then, and then but for yeah. second, who would win second? The Michael Ewing Jordan. Halajuan class? Michael Jordan. Or the, Michael Jordan's still in second and first place. He, <laughs> he just, takes, he all he the just takes them all. No, but seriously, the KG, uh, Kobe, Duncan class? No, I'd probably, class I'd probably the, go Kobe, Duncan, KG. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so that's look, what I would go I to. Only, only because of Dantley. I and Dantley, that's not a knock against him, but it's just the other three are so good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Elijah want to change the game, you know. So he did, well, and I know there's a lot of '80s basketball I, I think fans. The problem is that are, we missed out on a lot of the yeah. '80s. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "Get off, all get of off it. my lawn, kid." Well, it's one of those Robinson things we grew up watching the these guys actually play, like yeah. win championships. It makes we a saw, like, mm-hmm. right, exactly. and that's why it's insulting for to, for us, you know, as right. Michael Jordan. Like that was our youth. Like that's right. what we saw. When I was and they're coming out, and they're like, "LeBron James is the greatest." Like LeBron James is a special athlete who can do things we've never seen before, but he's not the greatest basketball player we've ever seen. You know what kills you even more? When you're teaching a bunch of first graders, you go, oh, yeah, like Michael Jordan. And they all go, who's LeBron Michael James? Jordan? No, oh, no, they all go, who's Michael Jordan? No, they don't say that. They did. No. An entire first grade Come class on. said to me, who's Michael Jordan? Come on. And you teach in Chicago. I know. I know. All right, let's I end wanted, this podcast. I, we, huh? we had to talk about Michael Jordan in that music class. Did, did you give him a lesson? Because I hope yeah, you did. I, taught the, I hope you just said, sang, he showed him the shot on Elo. We're canceling this lesson plan. And we sang only the Bulls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At least it's not Skull Vikings. No, Thank it you. was a Chicago That's class. When it was a Bulls class. Skull Vikings honor thy name. Okay, that's what it was. Whatever. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Only hey, thank you guys for listening to Behind the Pen. Ricky, Dave, you guys have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking sports with y'all. I love talking sports with y'all. I think, just, I think you're just like not talking to yourself some it's, it, You know what? Honestly, sometimes it's um, justifiable that I'm here by myself <laughs> because I don't want to listen to you tell yeah, me that I... Don't I blame you. Exactly. A lot of the well, time with, with I, color. You don't want to hear me... Tell you how good two and zero feels. Blah 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 blah. Despite despite my knee wah, acting wah, up wah, on me a little wah, bit, wah, 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 wah. might need to get that meniscus. Thanks for having me on, uh, Absolutely, anytime. You want to come by tomorrow? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a random podcast. Well, you hey, know, Sean, Sean's not going to be on the fast break this week, so uh, let's not tell if him. You're free. <laughs> um, what else? Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us. YouTube. Most available podcast. Right. Uh, Twitter at Most Available Pod. Patreon. Become a Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Most Available Podcast. It's the most important one. Please do. Really. We, we value you. We love you. Thank you. Keep commenting. Keep telling me why I'm an idiot. I said the Bears were 10 and 6. We're going to be 10 and 6 this year. Keep telling me I'm an idiot. I love it. I love hearing it because I call myself an idiot every day. Uh, elsewhere. What else? Blog Talk Radio. Check us out. Full length podcast there. I'm Mike Rankin. That's Ricky Widmer. That's Dave Oster. We will see you all next time. Love you, Sean. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.